Today on Bridges. That even when we may face doors being slammed, when we may face being excluded for certain reasons, whether we think those reasons are fair or unfair, nothing can stop the plan of God. And one thing we should always remember is that with God, nothing is impossible. What is impossible with us is completely possible with God. Today on Bridges, we're going to talk about finding God in unexpected places. I'm Monica Schmelter. I'm so glad that you could join us, and I'm really glad that all of you could come out to the studio today. These are always really special days when we get to have people come out, and so we're going to talk about something that is just near and dear to my heart, and that's finding God in unexpected places. You know, when it comes to God and Christianity and even the Bible, so often people have so many thoughts and so, so many opinions about where God is, how to approach God, and yet when you look in the Word of God, we often see quite a different picture than what we might come up with in our head. And the first place that we're going to look at is in a manger. Look with me if you have your Bible uh, at Luke 2, verse 7. I'll read from the New Living Translation. It says there she, of course, meaning Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So if you went to most people and we talked about God and how to find him or where to find him, not many of us would come up with a manger. You know, most of us would think that it would be a higher end kind of facility that the Son of God would be born, right? Not in a manger. And if you look even in this biblical setting, in this uh, biblical time, it was a very busy time. The marketplace was bustling. Clearly, there's no room in the inns or the lodges, so that wasn't an option. And yet, that didn't stop God's plan from coming forth. He planned to send a son, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And even though the lodges and the inns were not open for Jesus to be born, God's plan still went ahead to be fulfilled. And that's one of the things that we have to realize is that in our lives, that even when we may face doors being slammed, when we may face being excluded for certain reasons, whether we think those reasons are fair or unfair, nothing can stop the plan of God. God's plan is going to go forth. We would think, I mean, I would think if you ask me, you know, where would the Son of God be born? Like, it would be in a busier, higher-end place, maybe with movers and shakers and the powers that be of the day, that somehow that that would be the way that that would happen. And yet, Jesus in this manger, definitely a low-rent district, Right? Definitely not something that we would think that the work of God and the plan of God would be taking place. And yet this setting speaks to us volumes about the character and the nature of God and about his love for us, that even a busy marketplace and rooms being closed off to the birth of his son doesn't stop his love for us, doesn't stop him from moving on our behalf. And yet in our own lives, we can have places that are unexpected. 
seasons that we didn't imagine that we would ever get there, that we thought, mm, that would never happen in my life. There have been several times that I've thought in my life, you know, I don't know how a nice girl like me got in a mess like this. And yet, even in those times, as painful as they might be, he's always been there with me. And whatever season of life that you might be in, and that unexpected, and it might not be what you wanted or how you prayed, I want to say to us, we can receive comfort from the fact that God is present in the most unexpected places. He's not afraid of a low-rent district. He's not even afraid of rejection. His love continues to go on and on and on. We may have lonely places in our life that we just thought, ah, this wasn't ever going to happen. I have a friend who, she got widowed at 45. She wasn't ever thinking that loneliness would be a part of her life so young. That was so unexpected. And I remember many years ago, my husband was getting ready to go on a business trip. And while he was on, on the interstate, and we lived in the suburbs of Detroit at this time, on his way to the interstate, a, a, a truck, an 18-wheeler, on the other side of the interstate lost a tire and that whole wheel piece. It came flying over the median and into the windshield of his car. And he doesn't know exactly when, but at some point he lost consciousness and traveled over three lanes of traffic. And God spared his life. I'm happy to say that. And if you looked at the car, you wouldn't have thought that he would have done so well. But this meant, and we were about 30 years old at the time, this meant several weeks off of work. It was counted as a work-related injury because he was on his way to a business trip. And so we had like some disability money coming. At the time, I was a stay-at-home mom. But you know how sometimes things don't go like you planned? That check that was supposed to be forthcoming, it was weeks. Now, we had food on the table and our bills were paid, so that's a major hallelujah. It was also Christmas time and our son was little and we wanted to buy gifts. And so we were in, you know, that season of being very thankful and yet hoping, you know, checking the mail every day, right? And I remember that I cooked dinner for us and I, you know, put it on the table and we ate. And I just let my husband know what I was thinking and what I was feeling and that I was just very concerned and hoping that this money would come. And he said to me, well, let's pray. So we prayed at our kitchen table, and uh, you all, not, not always when we pray, or I should say not always when I pray do I feel the tangible presence of God, but this time when we prayed, I felt the comfort and the presence of God. I didn't know how it was going to work out, but I knew that God was right there with us. And, you know, when we said amen, and when I opened my eyes, it struck me as just hilarious how messy that our kitchen table was. That, you know, there are crumbs on it. Like, I didn't even think to wipe this table off before we prayed. We just prayed. And I had made that night green bean casserole. Do you guys like green bean casserole? And I don't know if you guys are like this, but you know how sometimes the serving spoon, like, falls into the dish, and you've got to, like, dig it out? I don't like that part. Like, I just don't want my fingers to touch all that stuff. And I remember after saying amen and looking that that's how that serving spoon was in the green bean casserole. And it just was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then it occurred to me that in the middle 
of a young couple's messy kitchen table with crumbs everywhere, the spoon in the green bean casserole, God came to visit us. And so what we need to remember is when we're in lonely, unexpected places or lonely, disappointing places, it might not be a place anybody else wants to go, but he loves us so much. He's right there with us. When you look in the Bible, we see that in some unexpected places, like even with, you know, we use that term, the least of these, and the Bible uses that term, that whatever we've done unto the least of these, we've done it unto Christ. And if you look with me at Mark 8, verses 1 through, th one through 3, I'll read out of the New Living Translation. It says, Their large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached, approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. Now, you all know that this is a miracle for so many reasons. In this day and age, people were not healed of leprosy. That leprosy being healed was a messianic miracle. That was one of the signs that they would know the Messiah was that leprosy would be healed. But we also know that, you know, in this day and time, that leprosy were absolutely the least of these lepers, that they were the outcast. And, you know, we can look at that and think, oh, that's so sad, you know, and it is. It's sad that somebody's suffering that way. Sad that people would be cast by the outs uh, cast to the outside and nobody could go near them, be separated from their family. That's extremely sad. And yet in that unexpected place, Jesus was there, and Jesus was unafraid, and Jesus was willing to answer a leper's prayer and to make that leper whole. And if you think about it, even in our day and age, we, we don't have leprosy, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. We don't have rampant cases of that. But you know, when people sneeze, we don't want those germs on us, do we? Right? Depending on how much of a germaphobe people are, it's like, you know, sneeze there, don't touch, you know, if somebody's real sick, we're like, well, you could just go on home. We don't want you to spread it. And we understand that. It makes sense. We don't want people to get sick. So I'm just wanting to frame up for us that this leper and how people felt about that, that it wasn't just to be mean. There could have been some meanness involved, but it was a matter of people staying healthy. It was a matter of if you got that disease and you had to be separated from your family, you couldn't work and support your family anymore. You couldn't have relationships with your, your family. What they were doing was to try to keep health and to try to keep life going. And in this really, really unexpected place, Jesus comes, and he came not only to visit and not only to look at the guy, but he came to make him whole. Jesus sees the outcast. He sees the sick. He sees the less likely or the people that we think are less likely. And one thing we should always remember is that with God, nothing is impossible. What is impossible with us is completely possible with God. And to me, it helps me understand the compassion of Christ and the nature of God to look at this story, that he was willing in this unexpected place, in a place that nobody else would want to go and be, he brought wholeness. And so you all, sometimes when we feel less likely, 
and we feel separated from everything and everybody, and we feel alone, he's present. And he is willing, if we will call out to him by faith like this man did, there was nothing in this man's life or repertoire, so to speak, that would make him think that Jesus would heal him. There wouldn't have been a sermon that would have been preached to him. He was an outcast. There wasn't anybody spending any kind of time with him. He had that measure of faith that God gives to everybody, and he took that risk. And he said, if you are willing, and Jesus did it. And we need to understand that at our lowest places, when other people would prefer not to be bothered, he's still with us in those unexpected places. And before we as people would be quick to write other people off, we need to consider this story. Because, you know, it is hard in this fallen world sometimes when people have betrayed us time and time again, broken their promises. We've seen things not happen. They've said they're going to do this or they're going to do that, and they don't. We can write them off. Here's the thing. We may not always be able to stay in close relationship to somebody that's lying and being dishonest or whatever. But I always want to hold that place in my heart that nothing is impossible with God. And that just one touch of Jesus can change everything. One touch of Jesus can make a leper whole. One touch of Jesus can make a sinner right again in the sight of God. And you all, all of the things that we see going on in this world, and I know they're troubling. I'm troubled by them too. I see people sometimes and I think, I don't even know like really where you're coming from or what you're talking about. But what I do know is that God loves you. What I do know is that he sent his son not to condemn the world, but to save the world. What I do know is that even though this is such an unexpected place for even me to encounter you, maybe for you, for whatever, that he is still God. He's the God that is with us, and he is the God that sees us, and he doesn't like, you know how some people like to see past us? They're like looking for the next thing. It's like, yeah, hi, how are you? I'm looking for what's better, what, what I think is better over there. He sees us, and he's willing to heal us. He's willing to bring restoration. So he's the God with us. He's the God who sees us. And I also want us to take a moment today to look at Jesus on the cross in John 15 and verse 28 through 30 from the New Living Translation. It says there, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put it on a hyssop branch and held it to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And you know, we wouldn't think unless we know the Bible, if you were just thinking about God in general, that you would find, and this was part of the problem that the people had that day, and if we were in that day, we might have been thinking exactly the same thing. You wouldn't think to find God, the Son of God, on a cross. You wouldn't think to find him 
falsely accused and mocked and beaded and insulted and all of that being celebrated. I mean, it's an unexpected place. And so I don't know what the people in that day were thinking. I know that we're not any different except that we live in a different time and space. And yet, I would think that when they heard the words, it is finished, that they thought, yeah, we got him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's all over. And yet, I want us to notice several things that in the midst of all that great suffering and false accusations and betrayal and mockers and haters and just all that, you know how when evil just gets stirred up and you get, you just, if we put ourselves in that day, you, you had to be able to feel the tension and the hate and the darkness. Yet it was still Jesus who did the talking. He is still the one that said, it is finished. And while those around him might have misunderstood that, he knew exactly what it meant. He knew that he had done exactly what the Father asked him to do. He knew that he had been obedient to the point of death on a cross, and he was the one who said, it is finished. The people didn't say, it is finished. He said it. And here's something that we can always remember about finding God in unexpected places and God being in our unexpected places. God has the final say about everything. Let me say that again. God has the final say about everything. When Jesus said it is finished, the people might have thought whatever they thought, but what he said mattered and it wasn't over till he said it was over. And it was over when he realized that his work had been done. And so we are all still works in progress. None of us have fully arrived. Until we step onto the other side of eternity in this life, we still have our old sin nature that we are to put to death every single day. And you know that sometimes we get sifted. The Bible says, you know, don't let anyone say that they have no sin. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. But when we sin... And we repent that he's faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When Jesus said those words, it is finished, he had obeyed God to the point of death on a cross. And the glorious work was still going on and still going forward. And so we can rejoice and knowing that in our unexpected places, just as the people who looked at him on the cross didn't get it, we may look at areas of our lives, lonely places, places that we've betrayed people or been betrayed. You all, his love, he has the final say about everything. He is the God who is with us. He is the God who sees us. And he is God, our strength and our victory, that we can be obedient through all of it, in our unexpected places, when we are misunderstood or when we cause misunderstanding, whatever it is, you all, he is always enough. 
even in our unexpected places. You may feel so out there and just, I'm just telling you, he is more than enough. And we can find God in our unexpected places if we will just open up our eyes by faith and dare to believe he is right there. He is God with us. He is God who sees us. And he is God our strength and God our victory. And I want you to know that in just a few moments, we're going to continue the conversation about what we've been talking about today and how we can find God in our unexpected places. And I've put up a brand new resource on the website called Beauty Break so that you can take a quick look at what we've been talking about today and get other help and get other resources. So stay with us. We'll be right back. The blood of Christ is the only cure. It gets down to the root of every single thing that ails us. There's not an addiction. There's not a generational curse. There's not any root of sin. There's nothing that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your event. Prayer changes things. If you need prayer, write to the address on the screen. Call 615 615- 754-0039 or email prayer at ctntv.org. Hi, I'm Maggie Cavanaugh. I'm here today with Alicia Sharpton with Beauty for Ashes. And we just heard a message on God showing up in unexpected places. And I don't know about you, but he's certainly done it for me. And I know he's done it for my sister here. So I would love for you to share a story when God has showed up in an unexpected place at an unexpected time. Thanks, Maggie. Yes, I know about 22 years ago, my husband and I were building a new house, and we were so excited about getting in, and about a week before our closing date, we received a call from the contractor, and the house had burnt to the ground. And we, fortunately, all of our things were in storage, so we didn't lose anything but the place, and it was an inconvenience. We had to start over. It had to be bulldozed. Um... So we decided my husband was going to be going to Atlanta where my parents lived and and we were in Tennessee. And so we decided to just pack our stuff, pack our kids and go there for about six weeks and visit. My sister at the time was pregnant, about to have my, my third niece. And so I was able to be there in the delivery room and see the new baby being born. And it was really a beautiful time. And I felt like um, the Lord was reconnecting us because, you know, when I get got married, I left my sister for a long time. So little did I know that two years later, my sister would die tragically of cancer. And once she passed away, the Lord whispered to me, sometimes you don't understand how I bring beauty for your ashes. But in this case, I allowed you to be pushed to Atlanta to spend time with her and your family and to rebond because I knew that she would be leaving this earth soon. So the Lord is so good. He does bring beauty for our ashes, and he, he helps our broken places. The Word says he never leaves us or forsakes us, and I know in my life he has not done that. He's always been there for me. Wow, what a faithful story of God's goodness. So let me ask you this. Would you have gone into that situation of visiting your sister and taking the quality time that you had, had this tragedy not happened with the house? Absolutely not. I would have been in that house, decorating that house, knowing the neighbors, doing all the the things that I want to do. And God just said, stop. 
this whole situation stopped me. And sometimes he has to kind of put the brakes on because we're going in a different direction and he wants us to go in another one. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I miss my sister and I don't quite understand, but one day I will. Having lost my sister last year, that pulls on my heartstrings, and I understand how that happens. You know, it's interesting for me, I have a similar situation. When my sister passed, the week before my sister passed, my mother-in-law passed. And I was forced to go to Indianapolis, and I was there unexpectedly at an unexpected time. And I had some quality time with my sister. We hung out at the hotel, and we had such a gracious time of just, you know, fellowship. And she shared things with me, and she even shared that she had a dream that she felt like she was going to pass on. And I'm like, oh, that's the enemy. I rebuke that, you know. But the fact in the matter is, is God used the circumstances that was painful for me and my husband losing my mother-in-law to spend quality time with my sister one week later, I was presenting and doing her memorial service, and I stood there going, God, had it not been for the passing of my mother-in-law, I would not have seen her. I would not have had those precious time with her. Those times where she literally shared with me her, her, her aspirations for her daughters and things like that. And so even though it was unexpected and very painful, God used that. So I would say that that increased my faith, that he knows the timing. You know, like, like with you, I don't understand why, but I do know that he uses all things together for, to work for the good. I'm a Romans 8:28 kind of girl. Always. So so that increased your faith. And so the name Beauty for Ashes is such a beautiful name. We know it's right out of scripture. And I did not know that backstory because you have a ministry that is named that as well. So why don't you just take one second and tell us a little bit about Beauty for Ashes. Okay. It's Beauty for Ashes, a healing place. And we're a nine-month in-house Christ-centered program for women in addiction. And during that time, I honestly get to see these women bring in their piles of ashes from the stories and the situations and the circumstances in their life. But I get to watch front row seat how he brings beauty from those ashes and how he restores and heals and makes all things new. Oh my gosh, having 20 years of sobriety, I'm like, yes, yes and yes. Had there been something like that around years ago, I might have had 30 years, but who knows. But he worked all that to good, you know, for our good too. So that's amazing. Well, I am so thankful that we get to grow in these seasons. And sometimes, and if you're facing a difficult season right now, I'm going to tell you, God will use it. It may not feel like it right now. When this woman was going through her house being burnt down and, and, and losing everything like that, the first thought is, oh, my gosh, why am I going through this? And yet he uses it. He takes everything and reframes it for our good. So, wow, Alicia, is there anything you would like to say to the viewers about having faith when God is in that difficult time? I think um, the hardest thing for us to do as human beings is to trust. Right. But God is trustworthy mm -hmm. and he's faithful. And his word talks about it all through the scriptures. And if you can just sit and read and see over and over again how he's proven himself, but also go back in your life. And if you look, you'll find those places where he was always there. Mm -hmm. Amen. You know, a lot of people keep uh, little prayer journals and so they can go back and reflect. And I promise you, you can see reflections and threads of God's grace all throughout your life. So we thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure that if you are interested in getting more resources, go to monicasmeltzer.com to build your faith and to find areas of where God can show up in your life unexpectedly. You can purchase a copy of today's show for $15. 
Call us at 615-754-0039 or send a check to the address on your screen. Be sure to mention the program number. Log on to www.ctntv.org where you can make a prayer request, view our program guide, see who's on bridges, or even watch one of Monica's latest teachings. Log on to www.ctntv.org. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe. 